and what a week we had last night in Leafs Nation. Oh, yeah, and they also played three other games. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here to walk you through the week that was in Leafs land. Take a look at what's coming up next week. Gordo, how you doing on this wonderful, wonderful Sunday? Well, I'm great. I'm great and just, you know, went to the dog park with uh, Dog Blue and the uh, Leaf, to the point about the Leafs this week, it's the Leafs last night that everyone is talking about. I know we're going to cover the whole week, but everyone is, uh, everyone heads are, st- are still spinning from uh, all that happened, particularly in the third period last night. I thought you were going to tell me everybody's heads were spinning from the uh, the dog birthday party that you went to this week. I didn't know was if you we were going to yeah. get a mention of very, that as well. Yeah, very successful yesterday. A lot of the dogs uh, there, 4 o'clock yesterday at the dog park. And uh, uh, what the heck was the dog's name? Anyway, turn one. Jeez, I can't remember the name. <laughs> Riley, Riley, turn one. There we go. How about that? That's as good a game day skate as any. You know, the players, they have their pregame naps and their pregame meals for you. A pregame cruise around the dog park at at 4 o'clock gets everybody ready to rock and roll. Uh, Look, you know, we like to look back at everything that happened. We got to start with last night. You know, I said that felt like a week worth of games. You got a week's worth of goals, 17 of them in total. Uh, You know, I want to start with Marner, his big night. You know, it feels like so much happened in that game. If there was ever a way that a four-goal game could slide under the radar, I feel like that did happen a little bit with him. So I just want to hammer home once again how tremendous he was last night and, you know, how much that's just been carryover from how he's been kind of since he came back uh, with with the Leafs' COVID shutdown. Yeah, and Brent, and that's, I'm, I'm glad. Let's start with the positives because the others, uh, you know, the goaltending of that are the obvious. And I just kind of said last night that it was like, uh, heaven forbid, but an accident scene when you're giving a report and you're trying to figure out what exactly happened. But then hopefully like accident scene, someone at the end made a smart move so nobody got hurt. And that's kind of what, you know, the Leafs did last night. So I'll go before Marner. I'll just go about when they needed it. They found a way to win. And those were really good goals. McKayev's was a really good goal. That shorthanded goal was great place by Kasha and Camp on that. So to me, that's the positive because it's about whichever way the game goes, like particularly in the playoffs, finding a way to win. Then, as you point out, Mitch Marner, hey, come on, four goals, his first hat trick in the National Hockey League. And, and, uh, the, I mean, these weren't chintzy. The guy's been playing with a lot of skill of late. He's been shooting the puck more. He's absolutely been on fire. So that should be the lead. And and imagine if they lost the game. I mean, that that would be terrible if they actually went on to lose the game, which at you know one point it was a five-goal lead. It dissipated to a one-goal lead. And the other lesser note, but worth discussion, I, I like that Sheldon Keefe mixed up the D, broke up Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. Now, after 40 minutes, uh, it looked great. Uh, the next 20, well, who can, you can't even assess anything. But my our point, or my point, our point is just that uh, if rather than saying we need to get more depth on D, the one way you could get more depth on D is breaking up your two big guys. And, and okay, you don't have your power unit. You can still put that out, your power two if you want. But uh, trying to get some help to the others so you have a better chance of getting two complete units but Mitch Marner yeah is is a story above the goaltending that is a story yeah full full marks uh to to him and you know it's funny so he's the third guy you know I don't know what was taking him so long third guy on that line now to have a hat trick this the all three of them Matthews Bunting and Marner have now had a hat trick in the last month you know I know I know Pasternak uh Bergeron and Marchand they've each had one this year but you know anytime you have guy anytime you have a couple of hat tricks on your line in a season that's a special special thing but the fact that all three of them have done it within 
in a month's time. It's just, you know, again, you know, we're not going to want to look back at all this COVID time. And, man, given everything else happening in the world, it's not going to be the happiest time to reflect on. But from a Leafs perspective, we're going to look back at February of 2022 and say, man, oh, man, was that line humming. Well, and when we did the second intermission last night and we were kind of talking, I said, yeah, you know, every now and then you want to get a goal. You want to get a game that you can go in cruise control. Unfortunately, parts of the game, they really did go in cruise control in the third (laughs) period early on. But, you know, 7-2 game and uh, just showing your offense because I really think uh, with the Leafs, the best defense is a great offense and the Leafs have uh, a great offense. And uh, that line, Matthews, Bunting, and Marner, were plus five after the second period. Now, they got knocked down a couple, so they were plus three at the end. But, I mean, after 40 minutes to have all those points, be plus five, and uh, Joe Bo and Jim Ralph were, you know, talking about, we're you know, just saying, trying to think about performances in the past where, you know, a line has been that dominant and there were still 20 minutes to go. Well, you know, it didn't, it, it didn't really factor in the, in the final 20 minutes. But that, that was just great to see. And we know John Tavares... Uh, needs to get going. He knows that too. Uh, Nylander got the nice or got the, the first goal. Uh, again, it was one of those. I say nice. One of, one of those that you think the goaltender could save in hindsight. But anyway, like uh, uh, that would that was just such a great dominating performance. Matthews was the star on Thursday. Uh, last night, Marner was the star. But really, all three of them have been the stars the last couple of games. Yeah, we probably should have known how goaltending was going to go in that game when we look back at that first Nylander. That that looked like it's almost like at the very beginning of a game when uh, when everybody's in warm ups and pucks are kind of flying around, and it almost looked like a shot that it's like, yeah, let me just throw this on net. I don't want to, and it just sneaks right right past the Delkovich, and that should have been the the kiss of death uh, in terms of of what type of goaltending uh, we we were going to see last night. You know, just just one last point I want to hammer home on that that Leafs top line right now I feel like you know they must have been listening to the show because I've been saying for the past two weeks not not pounding the table saying it should happen but wondering if there's a world where you split up Matthews and Marner to try to get Tavares going uh, if they are going to have uh, hat tricks galore in a month and be plus five after a period I don't think there's any way you can split them up right now despite the fact that that second line does kind of need a shot in the arm uh, yeah I mean I, I I've said that again you know, what's better for the totality of the team? And you know, in the case of John Tavares, he had that 47-goal season playing with Mitch Marner. But, yeah, right now, right now, you're just going to going to stick with it. And, hey, they will – John Tavares especially will come out of it. I mean, that that is uh, – he will come out of it. But, you know, the, the good part is when if you – certain parts are struggling and other parts make up for it. And that's, again, we always go back, but that's what's not happened in the playoffs. And that's how you win playoff series is that different – you know, one one game the goaltender steals it for you. Another game, one line. You know, it's it's one line that does it. Another game, it's your balance. You know, of the team, whatever it may be. You know, it's funny. Last night, too. Again, on Leafs this week, we kind of go. Well, we kind of go all all over the place, like calling bingo numbers, which is fine because. Oh, sixty-two. Okay, oh, sixty-two. Well, uh, goaltending. <laughs> like Alex Nedeljkovic and Peter Mrazek were two thirds of the Carolina Hurricane goaltending last year. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like yeah. along with James Reimer, who's also moved on. So it's funny. I mean, a team that you're, you're, everyone's looking to emulate. You know, you want to be like the Carolina Hurricanes, who've had elements of playoff success the last couple of years, and you know they just, you know, let, they traded they traded Nedeljkovic and they, they let Mrazek and Reimer go and. You know they signed, as we know, Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta as their goaltenders in uh, in Carolina. So it's it's interesting as as. 
Peter Morazic trying to find his way in Toronto. That's been the same for Nedeljkovic in Detroit. I thought it was a nice trade. I thought it was a good pickup, but he has he struggled of late. And in defense of the goaltenders last night, which sounds strange saying that in a 17-goal game, and given watching some of the goals, <laughs> 17. None of, yeah, not none of them. Yeah, none of them were particularly good. Okay, uh, goaltenders. I mean, but when things don't go well, you don't get any breaks. And there and there were just some weird little nicks and deflections as well. But the but again, the big picture, the goaltending was terrible. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, uh, Jack Campbell would not tell you he was happy with his night, uh, but he had the best numbers of the bunch. A 800 save percentage was the best. And you you had the great line about Nadelkovich that that he actually got to stink twice because he got yeah. back in uh, for for the third <laughs> period. I still wanted to see what those what the what those splits ended up being. So he had 15. Uh, he faced 15 shots in the third period and uh, surrendered three goals. So yeah, not uh, not particularly great numbers for him uh, second time around. Uh, you mentioned the uh, we should probably drill down on the goaltending, but you mentioned the deep. Pairs. I don't want to skate past that. You know, Jake Muzzin, obviously, his, his injury is kind of throwing into flux what exactly the bodies are going to look like. But it does feel like with him being injured for we don't know exactly how long, but for the amount of time he's going to be out, it feels like that gave Keefe the license he needed to switch things around. It felt like with Muzzin there on the second pair, it was, okay, Muzzin's going to be on the second pair, and you're not going to touch your top pair, and it was just playing musical chairs with the other three guys. But it feels like once Muzzin went out it it gave Keith the green light and I don't know why he needed that to happen to say yes let's shake it up let's see if Riley and, and Brody can each kind of drive a pair and then all of a sudden you've got Sandine on your third pair and oh I I kind of like the way that looks uh, I think I think he has to stick with the new look deep pairs I don't think you could have learned anything in that game last night but uh well what, what did you make of him switching things around and would you like to see it continue yeah, you know what? That's a good point about Jake Muzzin not being in that gave him not the excuse, but maybe the impetus that made it, it made it a little more seamless to do it. Uh, I, I've said for a while that, it, you know, it, again, it, it's a, I, I don't ever quite remember a situation that the Leafs being in a division where it's so defined, the have and the have nots, like it's just so defined about the teams that are in the playoffs and the team, the teams that are not in the playoffs. And then, I got to tell you, though, but I, I am a little bit uh, and pleasantly surprised about how close the Leafs are to first place. You know, that it's, it's so and I know that's something that Sheldon Keefe wants them to go for is uh, is first place. I mean, just that it, it matters something in the playoffs about getting home ice advantage. The Leafs are playing. You know, it's hard to keep track of it because there's been those games with no crowd. But the Leafs have a much better home ice record than they do road record. And. Right now, the Florida Panthers are three points ahead of the Leafs, but the Leafs have a game in hand. Uh, Tampa Bay's two points ahead of the Leafs. Tampa Bay has a game in hand. So uh, I think people would be surprised that it's that close. So you got that, that you want to, okay, go for first place, which means win as many games. You're always trying to win, but also to the point, and we've said it before, about figuring out exactly everything you have on board so you can deploy it in the playoffs. So, you know, reading the way a game's going in the playoffs and saying, okay, you know, here's what works best. Here's a line I can throw together. Um, he, you know, all these other kinds of things. I mean, last year, Philip Deneau got the key on a big line and uh, nobody else was going and nothing else was mixed up. And now you got all these different, even putting Nick Robertson in the lineup last night, Brent. I, I like that. To, you know, another another spice that brings to the mix up front. So I just think uh, maybe more so than Tampa Bay and Florida, that Sheldon Keefe, you know, needs to look at all these kind of options like he did last night about mixing up, you know, mixing up the D pair a bit uh, to get set for the playoffs. 
But, of course, always keeping in mind you, you want to win and you, you'd love to come first place in the Atlantic. Yeah, John, John Cooper in Tampa, he, he knows exactly what he has. And, of course, there's been a little bit of changeover. You know, that third line isn't there. But he knows, he knows what works and what doesn't in terms of, you know, sticking things together on your team. You win back-to-back cups. Uh, your coach has a pretty good handle on that type of thing. But I, I'm with you on, on Keith. kind of. You don't want to find yourself in a situation in the playoffs where your back's against the wall. And, you know, we saw it in that Columbus series with loading up, going nuclear with the, I think it was Tavares, Nylander, and, and Matthews. Or maybe it was... Marner with with Nylander and Matthews there, loading it up that way. You want these to be things that your team is comfortable doing. I mean, look, of course, in a perfect world, the lineup that you want to roll out there just takes care of business in five or six games, and it's never an issue. Of course you'd love that. But we all know at some point in time, you're going to run into adversity in the playoffs, and when that happens, you need to have kind of different options available to you. So I do like that the Keefe is doing that, and that that's honestly again, not to, not to go back to the forwards, but that's why it's so surprising to me that Keefe has been so hesitant to to tinker at all with Nylander and Tavares. I know they've had Kasha up there a little bit to kind of give him a little different look than Kerfoot, but, you know, that line's not going because of Alex Kerfoot. It's not going because Nylander and Tavares aren't, aren't going right now. So, yeah, that that's why I'm a, I'm a little surprised as well. But, you know, in terms of the Atlantic, you know, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, and I just pulled the standings up here. The Leafs and the Panthers, they're just the exact same team. I know the Panthers have a better goal differential but the Leafs have that great home record hey same for the Panthers the Leafs so so on the road same for the Panthers and we we keep circling it we keep mentioning it it those games against between these two teams in you know a, a month and a half time when we start to get them they're gonna feel so big because you just haven't seen this team in almost two years <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I'll get some playoff bites. So there'll be a whack of those four pointers, and and uh, and we kid about it because you play your divisional uh, uh, teams opponents the most by a country mile. You only play the other conference one at home, one away, and to have none against Florida. So I'm looking forward to those. And again, stepping back a little bit because I like you bring up about that Columbus series and that line being put together. And and it's funny, you know, that that series was so so disappointing that fans jump on the Jason Spezza memory that he actually dropped the gloves, that he had the fight in him. Nick Robertson, you know, kind of wetting our appetite, you know, what he can be like and seeing him in the lineup last night that it's, uh, it, again, kind of like life when something bad happens, you kind of go in shock and don't remember things. So, like the Columbus Montreal series, I think the average fan doesn't remember the minutia of things. Like, when I think of Mitch Marner, I think of the great series he had against the Boston Bruins. I know the Leafs Always lost go back it, to that. but it went seven games. So it was a series, right? You know, there, I mean, there was there were so many story points that went on. I mean, there's one where Jake Gardner scores a big goal to force a game seven. You know, on and on and on, like all these kind of positives. And really, <laughs> if you're a Leaf fan, the, uh, the shock treatment is you keep blanking out uh, – Many, any memories about what happened, you just know how disappointed you were. So, uh, you go, you know, you think the Pat Quinn era and Gary Roberts and Darcy Tucker and Curtis Joseph and Ed Balfour and, uh, you know, like so many things. You remember games and, and uh, 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 Shane Corson taking on, checking Alexi Ashin and then winning four straight one series against Ottawa. And, and um, let's hope this year uh, it's, a, it's a competitive playoff, it's a successful playoff, but you come out with all these kind of memories like we're looking back at last night's game, for example. 
Oh, man. And, you know, it, it is funny how much your expectations kind of change. You can go into it with kind of rose-colored glasses. You know, we think of the Columbus series the way we do. You mentioned Montreal. Oh, I shudder to even bring it up. But the one series that when I'm having these conversations with people that still brings a ton of smiles on people's faces. And again, hey, hey, this not a spoiler. Uh, didn't turn out in the least favor. But it's that Capitals series. You know, that was the year where, oh, man, they're a little ahead of schedule getting in early. You know, I I remember Casper uh, Kapanen getting set up by Brian Boyle. They take a series lead after winning an OT, and it's it that that did feel like kind of the last time it was all all house money. Because when I have these this exact conversation, you know, with all my buddies out there, or, or you guys on the text line, Gord, it does seem like that's the one that, that keeps popping up is that that Washington series because it was you're just playing free and clear, and you you're, it was basically all house money. Well, every year there's maybe maybe one, maybe two, maybe none teams that their playoff ends and they get a huge standing ovation from the home fans. And that was that series. And it wasn't just that they'd finally got in the playoffs, but they were up 2-1 at one point, but they'd really competed. There have been some great games, and there was a huge standing ovation at the end of Game 6 when they left. And But you only get it once, because <laughs> here, exactly. here, here we are. That, that, that series was better than the last two. You know, they, I put the Boston series, a couple series, in different categories. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's... That's right. That's right. Kind of Nazem Kadri's play, and you kind of oh. smile about the different uh, the different things, and kind of learning to grow with this team, and looking forward to whatever the next level is. But uh, again, all these other storylines about is Austin Matthews the greatest Leaf player ever? And that's not a, a dumb arg- discussion to have, and that's not a knock against anybody else. But it'll have to include playoff success, like anything. Anything will at some point have to include playoff success. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? I, I'm right there with you that. Uh, what I've seen, that's the best guy to ever do it. But it doesn't mean a lick if if you don't get past the first round, let alone go on to to uh, start stacking up some trophies. You know, another thing you, you mentioned in there was Nick Robertson. And, you know, I don't think he had some earth-shattering game last night. I think he played just over nine minutes. He had three shots on goal. But the one thing that did stick out to him, and I, I want to be clear, I'm, I don't mean this as a knock on the rest of the roster, but you look at the, the kind of bottom of that lineup, and okay, maybe Ilya Mikheyev's a little different, but it seems like there is just a lot of guys who are just, and, and I don't mean to say they are not engaged, not with it, but they're just going about their business. Wayne Simmons, he's been doing this for 15 years. Jason Spezza feels like a million. Uh, David Camp, that's a pro. Kasha, just going about his business. Robertson is the one guy on this team who the lights are still bright. This is all really exciting. And, you know, maybe part of it's that it's just he's a smaller, skilled guy, and they do kind of tend to jump out. But it just felt like he had a ton of jump, a ton of life. And I, I can only imagine on a team that again I don't I don't want to say they've let their foot off the gas but you know every team hits this point in the middle of February you know the two-thirds way of the season and a guy like Robertson it just felt like he had a ton of jump in life in last night's game well you know the other guys probably in going about their business is more respectful thing about understanding what their business is and particularly at this stages of their career I mean I'm loving Jason Spetz's business it's way different than 12 years ago when he would be up among the scoring leaders and he understands that and it's uh, I, I think last year if there was a bit of a problem and you can't you cannot this this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame first year but you know Joe Thornton um, 
his role wasn't commensurate with his, with what his abilities were. That they, uh, out of respect, they gave him more power play time than he than he merited, more top six line time because I think that was kind of the understanding in him coming over. So in this case, you've got all those guys with a with an understanding of what their particular roles are. And to Nick Robertson, yeah, going about their business, we don't know what his business is going to be. And there's. You know, really, uh, whereas bang, 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 we had the one year, the only time in NHL history where three different players from one team were a rookie of the month, that being Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. I mean, that's staggering. Well, you only have about seven months in the season, and three yeah. different players were the NHL rookie of the month. And uh, and so, you know, it's slowly, there's not been that many young players coming up. So uh, that's encouraging to see. Now, he, he, you know, a player, I'm not saying he will, but could just fall by the wayside and never get established in the NHL. Or we could be talking Nick Robertson as, you know, one, you know, a year down the road or two years as one of the top three, four scores. So that's an exciting possibility. That's an exciting and intriguing possibility. Yeah, that that's uh, that's exactly how I see it too. And and again, you know, we we'll, we will sign up for the Jason Robertson experience. Uh, kudos to his brother who's gotten off to a hot hot start on his career. And honestly, Robertson for a guy who's had the it's weird to say this about a guy who's who's only twenty, but he has had just a terrible run of injury luck. And I, you know, whether it's in the NHL this year or not, I just hope he's able to go on a long sustained run of playing hockey because a player in his twenties to you know tons of players have missed time in their development because of the pandemic and league shutdowns and all of that. But this is a really, really crucial point in time in a, in a player's career, and it's just important for him that he just kind of hits the ground running and, and kind of builds on something here because he has had so many stops and starts early on in his pro career. Yeah, more of an upside nowadays, obviously, in 2022. We know the gains in, in medical technology and knowledge. I mean, you know, quite often, decades ago, players um, got hurt the start of their careers, they never got going. Bruce, Bruce Cassidy, the coach of the Bruins, is an excellent example. Like the number one ranked defenseman in his draft year out of Ottawa, and I think he ended up being the second or third D actually drafted, but he was hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt from the word go. Yeah, he, he, you know, he played mostly in the minors, a little bit in the NHL, and to his credit, he used all he'd been through to, to forge an excellent coaching career together. Nowadays, uh, compared to his era, there's so many gains in, in medical science. So let's hope that, yeah, Nick Robertson, five years from now, we're talking back about that injury plague start, and it, it's a blip, and it's been onwards and upwards. Yeah, hey, man, let's, uh, you can look a little further up the lineup to have that exact same conversation, like, uh, you know, knock on wood here, but think of Austin Matthews, all the all the nicks and bruises he's had uh, along the way, and he is, is definitely a hit on a good run here. I uh, do want to look back on the week that was, obviously, there was so much in that Wings game, so much so that you reminded me in the lineup I typed up, uh, they also lost to Montreal on Monday. I guess I had just men in black to uh, remove that one uh, from my memory. Man, uh, what a way to start the week it was with the uh, 5-2 loss lost to Montreal, then we can tie in uh, the overtime loss to Columbus the very next night. Well, 5-2 loss, and it actually, the score made flattered the Maple Leafs because Montreal yeah. was, what, up 5 nothing, and just, uh, you, you thought, okay, that imagine in the day and a full house, which wasn't quite there in Montreal yet, and just singing the song, na-na-na-na, and the Leafs, you know, sheepishly leaving the ice, and, oh, well, it's a very different circumstance. Montreal's really <laughs> rejuvenated under Marty St. Louis. Again, I keep that all in context because uh, the season is a disaster, but, you know, all you can do is try to try to make it better the rest of the way, and, and for now, They've done that. And, yeah, it, it was kind of a blip, a forgetful, a forgettable game. Uh, and then uh, Columbus, 
you know, at least found a way to get a point, which which I, I thought was the positive in it. Uh, and then, uh, again, we move on to Minnesota, where Austin Matthews was the difference maker. And so better ways ending the season. But, yeah. what it, it, and, and one thing I like moving forward now, Brent, and, again, it's about making excuses, which I don't mean to do. But I like that we're back to the schedule again. Like mm-hmm. these these games, the Canadian-based teams got so many games made up during what was looked to be. And I... I realize how disappointed now that it's over, just that NHL players didn't get to play in the Olympics four years ago or five, four years ago. I was expecting it. Uh, you know, you knew it. And this time around, it's just uh, it's just anyway, disappointing. And and so you, you kind of threw all these makeup games and there were a lot thrown at them in a short period of time. Now we're going to pick up on the uh, basically the NHL schedule as it was set out last June. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm disappointed in that as well. But Gordo, you've got you've got a little bit of pull. Can you not get the Gord Stella Cup going this summer and just have all the national teams competing? I feel like if anybody on this show, between me and you at least, has some pull, it's you who could do that. Well, I think we have to go up the ladder considerably more. Just a I bit. Just, uh, <laughs> and and the and and the the other beauty about the Olympics, and this is what they're discussing with the World Cup now is not have this kind of August-September series, have it in the middle of a hockey season, which uh, I loved about the Olympics. And it looks like when, if the World Cup or if and when the World Cup of hockey gets finalized again, that it would be something with the NHL shutting down. Yeah, please, please, please just give us uh, best on best and sometime uh, soon. Uh, we mentioned it. Uh, Leafs, they uh, they started off the week with a couple of losses. Montreal, then the overtime loss to Columbus. We uh, we started the show gushing about Mitch Marner and his four-goal game last night. You know, Austin Matthews, slacker against the Wild, just two goals. But, you know, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to definitively say that is the best game I've ever seen Austin Matthews play. But it is one of them. He was breathtaking on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's as when it's when they say as good as whatever. I mean, we're we're splitting hairs there. But I just I liked that it was the complete game, the complete package about how he's grown as a two way player and and how he's grown as that sneaky smiling assassin that mm-hmm. the equivalent of a great. NBA guard that's got this ability to steal, you know, make these great steals, uh, which don't happen so often, but a few times a game. And Austin Matthews just appears to be kind of, you know, moving around innocently and just kind of around. And uh, I'm think I'm, I think it's Craig Simpson. I like that line lying in the weeds that he used about Austin Matthews when he's playing defense or back checking, and then all of a sudden. And actually, he used it for a goal that he he burst on and took the pass and put it in. Uh, all of a sudden, he puts himself in that in that dangerous position. So Thursday's game was, let's face it, I know a few people that were down there. They were keen to be down there because, and they just said, "Boy, it was boring at the start." But it was looking for a difference maker, and that's you know, I think I that, think that was the first question Sheldon Keith was asked. And and uh, great players, a certain number of games during the course of a season, and hopefully playoff games. Uh, it take it upon themselves to be a difference maker, and Austin Matthews was that Thursday. Yeah, and uh, he he chipped in another goal last night. He is now the league leader with with thirty seven. You know, we we talked a little bit about this line already, and you know maybe the answer is just they're in the conversation. But you know, you weren't afraid to say Austin Matthews is your Hart Trophy winner right now. Is that line the best line in hockey right now? Of course, Boston's got a great one. We know what Colorado's got uh, with, with McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen. Do you think that Leafs trio is the best line in hockey right now? Okay, you can't hear it over the radio, but I just took my foot off the accelerator. Okay, um, that's will, too much. Uh, I will pull <laughs> you, over to the side and think about it. You put your blinker on. Yeah. I, I also, you also need, to me, a little bit more history, a little bit yep. more history, but, but that's not answering your question. You're answering this particular season. Uh, are they the best line right now? And, you know, that is, 
McKinnon's been hurt a lot, you know, so that that's that's actually worthy of consideration. So, um, yeah, so they are among the best lines. How about that? Uh, let me find a fence to sit on somewhere here in my basement. Yes, uh, yeah. they are. They are among certainly among the best lines in the NHL right now. I hope your butt doesn't hurt with that answer. I hope it's a nice, smooth top fence and not, not one of those picket ones because that, that would hurt. Uh, I, I'm with you, though. They're in the conversation. Right now, the way they're rolling, they've, the, each one of them's had a hat trick in the last month. I will say they're the best line going right now, but I'm also with you that you know a line isn't great because it does it for six months. You know We talk about Boston's trio because they've won cups and they've had deep playoff runs and they've done it without you know all of them going at the exact same time. So I, I think we need more of a track record before we firmly place them in that conversation. But for me right now, uh, they are absolutely there. Uh, I don't know that it's one of the best lines in hockey the Leafs will see, but they will see one of the other best goal scorers in hockey, uh, Leafs Capitals. That's coming up next. We will tee that up for you, get you set for the Leafs three Three games coming up this week. Plus, take a spin around the NHL when the Leafs this week continues. Brent Gutting, Gord Stellick alongside me. Keep listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Running Gord Stellick alongside me, still kind of railing a little bit, I'll be honest. From the 10 7, yes, 17 goals in total last night in Motown. The Leafs are winners in Detroit uh, getting back. You know, Gord, quickly, I, I think we talked so much about the Leafs and what it means and whose game we liked in Detroit. I don't think we nailed down just how, and I don't want this to be every hockey game I watch. Once in a while, it is fun to just get a barn burner like that. It's wide open. It looks like you and I are in goal. I, uh, I, I think it's good for the league to have one of those once in a while. I don't want to watch 10 of those a year, but uh, sign me up for two or three. Well, we talked about it during the second intermission. Leafs are up 7-2, and I reference because I remember this game forever. Toronto 11, Edmonton 9. Miroslav Friedrich, God rest his soul, passed away about the la- I think in the last year. Peter Morazic actually uh, has a tribute to him on his goalie mask because he was uh, Morazic's right. agent uh, way back when. But yeah, I just remember that game uh, all those years ago. Twenty goals scored. It still is the record for the Leafs. Checking with our stats with Stevie Fell and the St. Pat's had a game that twenty-one goals were scored. So this will be one of those. The, and and uh, as we watch the game, we're, we're talking about doing Leafs Nation post game. that after 40 minutes, it might be one of our quietest shows because people would be tuning away, maybe. Instead, all of a sudden, anybody anywhere was texting us about, what the heck, can you believe this? And uh, it made for, <laughs> made for a very different, very different animal on Leafs Nation post game last night. Yeah, I think Bowen's calls are still echoing across uh, Lake Ontario. Uh, man, he was busy. Uh, it's a good thing the team has an off day today. You know, Joe Bowen always brings it. But, man, I'm sure those pipes uh, can use the afternoon off. Uh, three games coming up this week. A uh, pair of them on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. First up, uh, tomorrow in Washington, date with the Capitals. Uh, you can make this about a lot of things. For me, it's pretty simple. There's two of the best goal scorers on the planet, and they're going to be playing in that one. It'll be fun to watch uh, Matthews and Ovechkin. They're both so talented, but they both kind of go about it in different ways. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. You know, and, and, and the Metropolitan Division, uh, I, I can't either. When Ovi comes to town, it's always a marquee game, whatever town he's coming to. But uh, Washington and that Metropolitan Division, you know, maybe are the most puzzling team. I know they won a Stanley Cup a few years ago. You know, Pittsburgh's been really the impressive team. The Rangers have been the growing team. Carolina has been the most consistent team the last few years. So uh, it's uh, – and even though the Capitals have had playoff success – 
winning the Stanley Cup big time as playoff success. They're they're trying to they're trying to figure a few things out this year moving forward. And and their goaltending, it's funny, it's been one of those uh, Mark Andre Fleury to Washington trade rumors. I think Elliot Friedman was one of the first to be talking about that. But uh, uh, it's a good test. It's a good test for the Leafs. And again, this have and have not nature of the league right now the standings i didn't think the islanders would be among those but you know they lost 5-2 last night to los angeles they are among those so washington is a have and uh, it's good it's good to get these have games to me because they're more reflective of what the playoffs are going to be than say the buffalo saber game on wednesday yeah, you, you want to get a test, and uh, look at you. What a segue. But quickly, it's funny. I'm looking at the standings of, of the Metropolitan Division, and I'm looking Carolina 76 points, Pittsburgh 72, and I'm going, I would have thought the Hurricanes, you know, they are, to me, clearly the class of that division. Just ask Sheldon Keefe. Uh, but I was saying, oh, I'm surprised. I thought they would have pulled away more, but this is one of those games-in-hand teams. Uh, the uh, the Hurricanes are four points up on everybody in the division, and they have uh, two, three, or four games in hand on everybody there. So, uh, yes, uh, Carolina Carolina will be standing tall when it's all said and done, uh, but I'm curious to see how the rest of that division shakes out. Uh, turning turning ahead to Buffalo, uh, a preview as we all get set to head outdoors uh, next month. That'll be played at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, this game just just going to be played in a in a regular uh, hockey arena. Uh, no Jack Eichel. That was always the kind of thing about these games. You know, Matthews and Eichel, they're a little back and forth. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, but the Sabers team, I think now that the noise has gone away, uh, they're still struggling this season, but it's seems like things have just kind of quieted down and they can just kind of go about the rebuild now and by the way looking ahead two weeks from today for the for the uh, what tim horton's classic in hamilton like uh we've talked about it we're looking forward to going there and uh, i was fortunate to go to the big house in michigan and then a few years ago at bemo field the leaf red wing game and i keep saying man it'll be nice not having that weather on those two consecutive, those two New Year's <laughs> Day experience, what Brent? What's going on with the weather? Jeez, I feel like today again. It's like January first, but uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll come around. But that'll be exciting. Uh, Wednesday, I still think that game against Buffalo <laughs> early in the year. I think Kirsten Shilton put out a tweet that. Remember the worst goal scored in history? And she, her tweet was something like, "What's the opposite of a highlight reel goal?" Like, uh, <laughs> like it was the, on, scored by the Leafs. I can, and just like. Uh, and it just is, it just shows the Sabre season, really, in many, many ways. I'll tell you an upbeat for them is the trade for Ryan O'Reilly is horrible. And, and that'll, you know, that, that you, can't, you can't change that. And to make it worse, that they won the Stanley Cup that year, St. Louis did. He was the Consmite Trophy winner. And the first-round pick the Sabres got was 31st overall, right? Because, you, you know, the <laughs> yep. thought of the time of trade to be about 20th, but you win the Cup. And Tage Thompson was one of the pieces they got. He's got 20 goals now. And Ryan Johnson was the draft pick. He's a defenseman now playing with University of Minnesota. He may come out this year, may come out a year down the road, who knows what, but has had a solid NCAA career. So at least some little things starting to go the Sabres way after this incredible uh, dismantling and bad trades and bad management and bad coaching and just bad. So they can they can look ahead. But that's a team Wednesday to me, it's like Detroit. Well, no, Detroit's a little bit mm. different. They're 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 competing better than Buffalo. But you, you get on them early, you you could win again, seventeen two or something. Or you know they get some confidence, and all of a sudden Jeff Skinner comes up with a big game when it doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not being critical of him in particular. I just mean there's there's no pressure on them really. So if if things start going your way, uh, all the Sabers all of a sudden you know you you win about six four or something. It's just 
they aren't playoff style games. They don't have the playoff feel, but you know they're they're what you have to do over the next thirty five games. Yeah, that's right. I'm just it's coming back to me now. That first Sabres game, it was the uh, the Joe Wall. I don't think it was his debut, but it was his first win. I'm I'm remembering correctly now. It was a wild, wild game uh, back and forth there. Yeah, back on uh, November 13th, and Joe Wall uh, getting the win, uh, giving up four goals. I believe the Leafs scored five that night. And yeah, these two teams are always uh, they're always just a little interesting. And you know, in, in Buffalo, they're they're still kind of playing the waiting game, right? You got Owen Power coming coming down the docket. Rasmus Sandin is already there. You you need some of those players, like you mentioned, the guys who you don't take first or second overall uh, to hit as well, and and that's how you continue to build. Uh, That's when the Leafs will continue their week. That's uh, Wednesday at home. Uh, You can listen to that game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. You and I will be down there, Gord. Then the week wraps up. Don't tell the people of Vancouver. I know they're a little less upset about it because this game's actually in Toronto. But the Leafs host the Canucks for a uh, 7 p.m. puck drop. If I'm remembering correctly, I think they mentioned on the broadcast that will likely be game number 1,000 uh, for Wayne Simmons in his NHL career. Uh, that's obviously a really, really special milestone and uh, something that I think the team will be looking forward to in that game against the Canucks Saturday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Who, who was the player? Who was the defenseman they had a few years ago that played his 1,000th game with the Leafs, and he only played like oh, eight? I, oh. I, can, I, I can picture the ceremony yeah. and thinking, man, this is weird. I've never seen this guy in the jersey before, but yeah. I can't remember who it was. Um, well, they were kidding about all the names back in because they had uh, Nathan, Hor- Nathan Horton was at one. Then they had um, right. they, the, the Bailey. Like, they're kidding about they got all those names that were great Leaf names, but they weren't quite the same. But anyway, for Wayne Simmons, we all know we'll get a, his body of work. But I'll tell you another one. It's not a milestone, but everyone's buddy, Toronto guy, Bruce Boudreau, nothing, nothing he loves better <laughs> than coaching. He wishes it could have been coaching at Maple Leaf Gardens, but his NHL career began after that, coaching career after that. So... Uh, everyone, I mean, the, to be able to ask a coach who your five favorite wrestlers are, and he gives a very in-depth answer about his five favorites, and then a couple of them respond about how thrilled they are that an NHL coach picked them as among the top five. So it's it's their one visit, and uh, that is a that is a real real special game for him. And there's there's so many uh, fans of the Western Canadian teams, so when they make their one visit in, you know, you always have uh, now that fans are back. A lot of interest, so uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that game. Vancouver's a real intriguing, exciting, still somewhat inconsistent team on Saturday, but that'll be a fun hockey night in Canada. Yeah, it will. And uh, Wayne Simmons sitting at a game not, a 997 games in his NHL career, and even I can do the math that three more of those gets him to 1,000 in his NHL career. Uh, seeing the silver stick handed out, it is always, always special. And uh, honestly, I've really liked Simmons' game. He's bounced back in a big way. Season kind of got derailed uh, against the Canucks last year, so it's fitting that that's, uh, that's when it will likely come. And I'm sure I've just jinxed him, so hopefully that's not the case. Uh, knock on wood there. Uh, quick look around the NHL. Gord, I I don't know what I'm about to say to you. The Montreal Canadiens are one of the hottest teams in the NHL with five straight wins. Uh, To me, this feels a little bit like a dead cap bounce, but uh, you got to give credit to Marty St. Louis. Got them rolling. Okay, I will do that, but I will start off. It's the epitome (laughs) of garbage time. Okay, that is the epitome of what I say that almost the goal shouldn't count on your stats because, um, you know, that's, but um, you got to go and Hey, they're certainly not tanking it because they were dead last. And now they've passed, uh, they have passed the Anaheim, excuse me, the Arizona coyotes for that. So give them credit in that respect. But uh, yeah, good on, good on Montreal. Um, 
I I almost think if it's possible, Brent, you know, Leaf fans that have been, the ones that have grown up about having a bitter rivalry with Montreal. By the way, it's Eric Brewer. Eric Brewer is the player I'm talking about. So that was yes, it, it so. was good job. Yeah, I was I was they, sitting here googling trying to figure it out. Okay, I'm happy you, you got it because you know what it was. It was Eric Brewer, and they signed Casey Bailey as a free agent. And they also had Nathan Horton then, and they yes. kind of kidded, okay, Brewer, Bailey, and Horton, these great Leaf names, but uh, <laughs> uh, not quite back then in 2014, 2015. But, yeah, Mon- anyway, 18 Mon- games is a Leaf, Eric Brewer did. Yeah, so anyway, so Montreal, Mon- yeah, so Montreal, so good on them. There'll be a Saturday night here down the road. They'll be, I think they play them three more times, but just, so I'm just saying the Leaf fans that, you know, you know, like loathe Montreal, probably probably even actually feeling a little bit sorry for them if that's possible before the mm-hmm. Marty St. Louis brief era so far. Well, any of that got washed away Monday night. Anybody who was sitting there going, you know, I just I feel bad for those Montreal Canadiens. The second it got to five nothing, I don't know about uh, everybody else out there, but any of that sympathy just started to wash away, uh, drift, drift away uh, in my brain uh, there. Uh, a couple other things uh, to make note of. You know, you mentioned the outdoor game. We're going to have one of our own. I think that's March 13th, so a couple of Sundays from now. That's going to be really fun. We'll be there at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Uh, the NHL had another one. You know, I, I will say it does feel like these games, it's not the big league wide event it once was like there was once upon a time where that is circled on your calendar and you've got to see this and I definitely checked in last night but I also kind of remembered that game was happening as it was but what what a scene in in Nashville lightning beat the predators and you know these like I said these games feel less big but they're still incredibly successful in each local market Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they've uh, you know, they've uh, Steve Mayer's the guy with the NHL. Just to, and, and I like the fact that like there seemed to be one year they did a dozen of them. I know I'm exaggerating, but there seemed to be too many. I don't and think now, you were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I wasn't that. And now now there's they sort of got a whole you know what's acceptable and what's not too much. What the appetite is, and that stadium series game is 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 a beauty. And 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 that was last night. Uh, Nashville's played well. Or, or they had a big one retiring Pekka Rinne's number, yeah. number the other night. So um, a couple of big things for them off days. they got to start winning games, though, again. They're in tight with Dallas. And let me ask you a question because we're talking about Toronto, Montreal. Because my answer, I don't know what your answer would have been, but would have been Winnipeg. Who is the best, which Canadian-based NHL team has the best chance of winning a Stanley Cup? At Winnipeg. the start of this, at the start yeah. of the season? And last season, and the season before, and the, the season Jets, before, right. and I think the season before that. Honest to God, I've, I've had the Jets <laughs> yeah. for, and deservedly so, most of the time. But, boy, they had a 3 nothing lead Friday, and they lost, what, 6-3 to Colorado. Yep. The fact, the, the circumstances, Paul Maurice leaving, that was just weird. And I'm curious, trade deadline, uh, what... You know, if, if I mean, right now they have to be sellers. There, there's something, and and so all of a sudden, do you look at maybe I'm a Mark Shifley being available? Guy's got two full years, so it'd be three playoff runs and then two years at a reasonable number, six point one two five. I'm not saying he's asked to go or they want to trade him, but wow. So I'm wondering, like Toronto Maple Leafs now, are they? Are, if you had to put a vote for who is the Canadian team, and you're not saying which team is going to win a Stanley Cup because you can pick 10 American teams in front of them if you want. But are the Toronto Maple Leafs the best situated possibility, even though they have not won a playoff round since 2004, uh, to win the Stanley Cup? 
Yeah, I think it's got to be it's got to be the Leafs or the Flames. You know, the Flames playing really good hockey. They beat I think it was the Wild seven three last night. You know, we just talked about how solid a hockey team that Wild is. You know that the Flames are going to get capable goaltending in Markstrom, and if he stumbles, you got Vladar poking around out there. Uh, you know, you like you like their forwards up front. Goudreau's having the bounce back year. I still think when I look at the rosters side by side, I still like the Leafs more. But yeah, the Flames are the one team I would kind of throw in in the bunch with them. But to me, they are the the Leafs and Flames are just so far above everybody else uh, in terms of Canadian teams. Yeah, so there. I mean, again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves because we're kind of looking around the NHL at, at different different things. But uh, Calgary is a story, 7-3 over Minnesota. So uh, their bounce back and the complete completeness of the team. And what in that conference is going on with the Vegas Golden Knights? They they were so smarmy. Yeah, yeah, we fit Jack Eichel in. And, uh, you know, and wow, they lost again last night. And LA Kings have passed them. Uh, why I'm honing in on the Pacific, I wish there was more intrigue playoff races elsewhere you know playoff yeah. but really the in the atlantic and metropolitan it's almost like we have to do a leafs this week that a a, a team has won six games and seven nights in one of those yeah. to get you know, <laughs> to get noticed a bit getting back in the playoff hunt yeah, it is, and that you're right. The Pacific is the only one, the only one that's really going to be close. You know, the Oilers—they're hanging on to a wild card spot. Uh, Dallas hot on their heels. The Ducks. You know, we'll see what happens with like, actually both those teams uh, when it comes to the trade deadline, which is uh, a little less than a month away. Just you talking about the Jets. I pull up their cap friendly page here, and I want to be clear about this. I don't think I don't think a couple or the run that the Leafs goaltending on has them panicking and making a trade for a goaltender. But if the Jets are trading guys with two years left on their deal who make just above $6 million, that's Connor Hellybuck. He has two more years after this one at 6.1. I, I don't think the Leafs get into those waters because, man, man, that would be pricey. But if you're a team that wants to kind of pick at the Winnipeg Jets and say, give me a piece for a playoff run, I am not pooping on Mark Scheifele. That'd be a great ad. But Connor Hellybuck might be one of the best goalies in the league. And if a playoff team snaps him up, who boy, look out. Well, and I, I, he won the Vezina two years ago, so I think that's a guy that the that's a guy that the Jets have to keep because otherwise you really are closing the barn door. I mean, uh, Carolina showed with letting Skinner go in a lesser trade, letting yep. Dougie Hamilton go for nothing because they weren't willing to meet the price, uh, letting Justin Falk go in a lesser trade to St. Louis. You know, when I say lesser, getting less back. Mm-hmm. That hey, you know, you've uh, there's there's certain things about making business decisions, and Mark Shifley would just get you maximum futures, maximum futures back. But uh, the goaltender, to develop a goaltender from within uh, may never happen for quite some time. But to get, you know, young talent that could maybe break in the lineup now um, is, is, is a little more doable. Again, neither of these are in play as far as we know. But all I know is something has gone horribly awry with a team I very much like, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and if we keep talking about it, who knows? Maybe it will be in, in play. And I have that date circled on my calendar when the when the Jets are, are back here. We all know Logan Stanley was waving like he was a heavyweight champ of the world. I cannot wait for those two teams to play each other. That's coming up uh, next month. One guy I have to speak on on the Jets quickly as we end. Poor Pierre-Luc Dubois said, okay, finally, I got out of Columbus. That dressing room or whatever's going on there was always up in the air. Fresh start, clean start in, in Winnipeg, and here I am trying to trade away a Vesna goalie, and, and you're, uh, you're wondering aloud about, uh, about Mark Scheifele. Man, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't, uh, didn't exactly hit the home run. No, <laughs> there he landed. 
Well, it's a, and, and you, you know, last year the Anthony Mantha trade was a real trade. So mm-hmm. we're just wondering, you know, the, that Detroit-Washington deal, might there be some, you know, real trades as opposed to the expected trades about a hired gun expiring contract for futures type situation? And, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, to your point, was a, uh, was a real trade, that Patrick Liney deal. Yes, it was. A real trade. Maybe we'll even get some this year. The NHL's trade deadline is March 21st. The Leafs back at it tomorrow against Ovechkin and the Capitals. We'll have it for you right here on Sportsnet 590. The Fan Gordo, always fun being on with you. We'll be back tomorrow, and thanks for listening to the Leafs this week.